Welcome to Richard Ellis Talks with pastor of Reunion Church in Dallas, Texas, Richard Ellis. He'll take the next few minutes to encourage us with Christmas hope and to challenge us to learn more and grow closer to God's greatest gift, His Son, our Savior, Jesus. It's the 25 Talks of Christmas, a different holiday-themed talk each and every day, all month long. Of course, you can always listen to, download, and share this or any talk anytime from the 25 Talks of Christmas Advent Calendar at richardellistalks.com. So let's go ahead and get things off and running with today's talk. Here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is Christmas Sale. Now I've been processing this one for a while, and so it's going to come out here in a minute. And not everybody's going to be happy, but that's okay. I'm not happy either. You know, one of the things about doing church is, at least I grew up with this, that people talked about money a lot when I was growing up. And so you think, oh, you go to church to talk about money. I thought, why does that irritate people so much? So we're not going to talk about money today so much. But I think the reason people don't like to talk about money is because they don't like somebody talking about money. Well, this is my money. This is my stuff. And there's always some preacher, somebody trying to get my stuff. Why do you want my stuff so bad? It's my stuff. I make this money. Why does God need me? He's got, he owns everything, right? And I got to thinking, well, why is it so hard? You know, if preachers get up and talk about tithing, and you know, if you don't give money to the church, the doors don't open, people don't get paid, you know, there's a lot tied to just your consistent giving. And I thought, okay, well, can you really find that spelled out hardcore in the New Testament, give this? People say, oh, no, it's not the New Testament. You can argue all these things. Well, it doesn't talk about tithing in the New Testament, but if the Old Testament model is this, then we should be out giving that. And maybe I will mention and get to that in a little bit. But I got to thinking about and reading through this and just saying, okay, what does it say? Okay, what does it straight up say? Now, what I'm about to read you today in these verses we're going to go over don't help my salary cause very much. And see, the reason that preachers talk about giving to a church specifically is if you don't give to a specific church and we don't raise a certain amount of money, then people don't get paid. And then if you're going to try to buy some land and borrow some money, you got to be able to substantiate your note. So you got to be able to say to the banker, we have X amount of dollars that come in and we can afford to pay this over so many years. So I think, okay, well, that's not what we talk about around here. So what is the issue? So let's jump in here in Acts chapter four. The church is very young, just born, this thing called the church. And let's jump in at verse 23 and see what was going on. Some guys got arrested. They'd preached the gospel. They get released. They're persecuted. They're suffering. They're thrilled. You know, things didn't go their way, but that was great. And it says, and being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now, something was going on back then that is not going on many places today. I don't even think it's going on here. 
And we can get all proud and say, well, we don't have any debt. We don't have any buildings. And we got Mexicans and Hispanics, which I found out are not the same thing. You know, we got black people and we got white people and we got people and poor people and rich people. Man, we got to figure it out. And you know, well, where's all the power? And what is it we don't have? Well, let's just keep reading here a minute. So this place is shaking. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke the word of God with boldness. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Now, I got a watch on. I like watches. I find watches on eBay, cheap watches. You know, I can only go up so high. You know, whose watch is this? Is this my watch? Is this our watch? Whose is this? God's watch. Oh, blame it. That's God's watch. That's a nice way out of that deal. <laughs> All right? It's God's watch. How many watches does a person need? I got a bunch. Now I'm warning you today, I'm coming after your stuff. And we're not just going to talk about it today. We're going to do something about it today. Okay? Because I've kind of been processing it for myself. Okay, why is it so hard to write a check if you've got money or you don't have the money? And this is what is so fascinating to me. And I'm in this same boat. People get under financial strain. Oh, we're, whoa, we got problems. Oh, God, help us. And tell us, share the need, money shows up. And then I think to myself, for me, okay, let's go take some inventory. What did you sell up in your house to meet this need before you told anybody else about your need? You missing any flat screen TVs at your house? Oh, we didn't have that big a need. We just need to pay some bills. God didn't lead us to sell anything. We didn't want to change our standard of living. We just needed some help. Now, are you with me? You say, well, then what are you saying? We don't have much. You got a washer and dryer? Well, you don't think God wants me to sell my washer and dryer to pay something, do you? I might be down there at the wash and tear those poor people. Now, you know where this is going. I see, I don't want to change my standard of living. Oh, I want to cry out to God and have him show up with cash. I don't want to sell anything. Are you kidding? This is my stuff. This is my stuff. Okay. Now, I'm jumping clear over that, too. So, if you won't do it for yourself, now, I'm going to read some verses about doing it for somebody else. You say, well, who are you talking about? I'm not selling my stuff for somebody else who hadn't sold their stuff. Right? then let's just jump over all those people and let's just go to the poor then. Now, I'm going to tell you where you're going to run out of excuses is when you hit the poor people. You say, yeah, but they're not poor. They're lazy. That's all poor people are. They're just lazy. That's a synonym, poor and lazy. Those are the same thing, right? You know what? You say, why are you saying that? Because that's what some people think. Well, you wouldn't be poor if you were more lazy. Get a job, brother. And then I sit down with poor people who got two or three jobs. Go run you some numbers on being poor. Go get you a minimum wage job, find you the cheapest place you can find, sell everything you've got, and try to hold on and stay out of a shelter. You know how far it is from shelter, home, shelter? There's just a fine little line. And then somebody says, well, something must have happened. They didn't try hard enough. Didn't study hard enough in school, and that's the consequence. Should have studied harder, done better. And that's why they're poor. Okay, you know what? Enough of judging the poor people. They're poor. What are we going to do about it? 
What am I willing to do about it? And you know what I got to thinking why I don't like this sermon already? I don't want to do anything about it. I don't want to go through my house. I don't want to put my watch back on eBay and sell the thing and not keep it in my account so I can buy something else I don't need. Why would I do that? Why would I take the money out and give it to some poor person? Because they're just lazy and going to squander it anyway. Right? You're not going to like me, the Bible, God, or anything when this is over. So just keep listening. In fact, we can take a break. And if you think you want to leave right now, I'll give you permission. Because this is going to get ugly up in here in a minute. All right, here it goes. Verse 32. The multitude of those who believed were of one heart, one soul. Neither did anyone say that the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Dude, whatever I got's yours. What you got? Now, see, then I start thinking through this this week. I think, okay, well, what are these categories? Okay, family. Family calls up and says, man, I'm really in trouble. And, well, I'm really sorry, but we can't help you. You think, well, family would do it, right? Call up and say, man, my car broke down. Can I use your fourth car? Dude, I'm sorry. That's kind of our backup to the backup. I wish I could help. And so you know what? Family goes out the window. These people had something going on where nobody, and you say, well, you're talking about us all moving in a commune with barbed bar fences and Kool-Aid and all that. I'm not going there. And I'll give you some verses to say why we don't have to go there. I'm just trying to ask you, how tightly are you holding on to your stuff? What you got? Now, you say, well, nobody's asking for it because they wouldn't dare ask you because we're all too proud, number one, to say we got trouble. Let me tell you somebody who can ask you, and I'll tell you what, I am so irritated. I didn't even wear the watch that he told me to sell. (laughs) I got a watch at home that I like, and I wear it all the time, and I'm going to have to sell that watch. You know why? Because I was told to. And where's the money going to go? I don't know yet, but it's not mine. Now, so I'm not up here giving you all this great, you know, I figured all this out. I'm going to have to sit down like I'm going to suggest by the time this is over and encourage you individually and you as a family to have a Christmas sale and say, okay, Lord, you know what? We got a problem. And let me tell you something. You can live in a shelter and have a problem. And here's all I'm asking. I'll just tell you where it's going to end up is to say, Lord, if I've got a problem and if I got people I know that are in need, much less whoever beyond that, that I don't even know that's in need, this is what I'm saying. Everything I've got. Everything in my house, my house, all my cars, my portfolio, everything I've got, it's yours. And if you touch anything and say, sell it, the answer will be, yes, sir. And specifically, and I'm not raising money for any church, specifically on this one, and we're going to go read these verses. This is about the poor where the Holy Spirit taps you and says, you've got to let that go because there's specific need that I know of and I'm tapping that possession that is mine anyway. And we're gonna sell it and I'll help you sell it. This is God and all that money and we're gonna help some poor people. You got a problem with that? If you got a problem with that, you got a problem because I'm not asking for your money. So they have all these things in common and with great power. Now look what happens when this is going on. This is who they were. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. Nobody got left out. This is some kind of crazy family. I'm not even talking about family family because families don't even take care of each other this way. 
There wasn't anybody who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as anyone had need. Now, this is where it all falls apart, being Americans. Uh, Pastor Ellis, I just noticed that you were you know, trying to help the poor, and I'm one of the poor, and my flat screen is not working anymore, and our cable is off, and wondering if the church could help us. That's not a need. You don't have food. You don't have clothing. You got a need. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Pretty simple. I went and sold some property. Here's some money. Distributed it. I'm sure we got people with need. Thank you very much. Got to participate. Go to Matthew chapter 6 few pages back. I normally don't go backwards, but we got to go back now. Matthew, first book of the New Testament. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Now, I'm not sure, but I'm kind of thinking I've even hijacked this verse somewhere way back in the past, and it's just not what it says. Here's what this says. There's three things mentioned here. Alms, praying, and fasting. They're all not if you fast, it's when you fast. Okay, when you pray and when you give alms. And almsgiving is not tithing. So this is a specific thing. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets. And they literally made noise. They had trumpets. Here I come giving money. Look at me. Look at me. I gave money to God. I'm such a great person. He says, don't be like them, that they may have glory from men, or surely I say to you, they have their reward. You know what their reward is? Look at me, look at me, look at me. Oh, what a great person. You know what they're doing? They're just sucking up to you because you got money. It's ridiculous. Bring somebody, oh, we're so honored to have you today. We don't care who you are. You just wrote a check. You want to get some honor? Write a check. You can get invited to crazy stuff. You can sneak in the White House now without a check, but I mean, you can get invited to stuff legitimately if you just give them some money. Look what he says how to do it. Assuredly, I say to you, they have the reward. But when you do a charitable deed, and you may have the King James says, give alms, do not let your left hand know what the right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly, some other place, some other way. People giving money and making noise about it, you know what? They got the reward. They miss out completely on God going, watch this. If your right hand, now watch this. If I put my hand in my pocket and I pull money out of my right pocket so carefully that my left hand doesn't even see what's happening. Now see how tricky that is? Because my brain just told my left hand he is sneaking out. You know what I'm saying? But you get the point? It's not this, oh boy, here we go. Now you say, well, you're the one that said something about selling a watch. I'm trying to make a point. I've already got my glory off the watch. I got to go home and secretly sell something else now. <laughs> How do you even give? You say, well, you're talking about to the church. No, I'm not talking about the church. That doesn't talk about the church here. It talks about to the poor, giving alms. That involves poor people. When's the last time you sold something straight up for no other reason but to help the poor? Ever? Well, I don't even know if I know any poor people. I thought I was a poor person. 
No, you're a person financially strapped that won't sell any stuff to meet your own needs, much less anybody else's. Right? How'd that go over? I'm going to get in trouble when I get home now. (laughs) Do you see how silly this all gets? Well, I heard about a ministry and those poor children don't have whatever. Oh, God bless them. You know what? Enough of your God bless them prayers. Shut up. Stop wasting God's time with your God bless those poor little children over there. And when you won't sell Jack to help them. Right? Is this making any sense? I told you wouldn't like it. God's not going to lower my standard of living to bless someone else, is he? That can't be biblical. I'm showing you my verses. If you got verses, bring your verses. We'll throw down verses. Matthew 13, more verses. Matthew 13, verse 44. Again, this is Jesus talking here. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found... Okay, now these stories are crazy to me if you ever stop thinking about it. This guy finds his field. He's trespassing, whatever he's doing out in a field. And he finds a treasure in a field that looks like either was just left there or hidden. Well, he rehides it and then scampers off, gets all the money he can find and finds the owner of the land and say, hey, I'll make you a deal on this piece of property. I'll pay you a little more than it's worth even. You know why he's willing to pay more or buy the thing? Because he knows there's treasure in it. He'll get everything he has to get the treasure, Right? You say, that makes perfect sense. It's like finding a piece of land. You discover there's oil. Up from the ground comes a bubbling brew. And you find it before. Is that the right phrase of that song? Brood? I don't want to get the song wrong. You know, wouldn't want to be sued by anybody. Misquoting something. So you see oil and say, well, I'm going to not say anything to anybody. I'm going to try to buy this land and I'm going to keep, I struck oil. These are the stories. Treasure hidden in a field, a man finds it, a man found and hid. And for joy over it, goes and sells all that he has and buys it. He sells everything and buys the field. Again, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. I did some time in the pearl business. You find a pearl, after a while you've owned pearls. You know, if you got 10 to 16 millimeter, 17 millimeter strands of pearls, South Sea, pitless, amazing pearls. You can spend 100 grand, 200 grand, $300,000 on a pearl, a pearl, forget the strand. So this guy's dealing in pearls, dealing in pearls, and he finds the pearl. I'm talking a pearl like nothing he's ever seen. Look what he does. Who, when he found the one pearl of great price, went and sold all his inventory just to own that one pearl. I found it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind, which when it was full, they drew it shore. They sat down, gathered the good into the vessels, but threw the bad away. So it will be at the end of the age, the angels will come forth, separate the wicked from among the just and cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. You know, I think the more I read this book and the longer I live, am I gonna die and go to heaven? Certainly. Is it gonna really work out good for me? Maybe not so much. I've been getting to discover No matter how far I think I've made it in this little thing, I may not have gone as far as you can go. And my cozy little multi-ethnic, multi, multi, multi thing may not be all there is to it. Okay, so you like black people now. Well, good for you. Now we're gonna do these verses. See, there's more verses. That's what's horrible about the Bible. There are more and more verses. Go to Luke 12. And I really don't like this one because I was using this verse for tithing and now I have to use it in context. It's very frustrating. <laughs> Luke 12, 33. Sell what you have and what? Give alms. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, 
where no thief approaches nor moth destroys, and then the verse, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And in the context of this is selling stuff and giving it to the poor. Okay, one more, Luke 19. Read this one with me. And here's an example so that you can see it's not all swinging one way. And I understand this is before the church is born, so you can say, well, but this was Jesus and this is what happened. Just listen. Verse one, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich and he sought to see who Jesus was but could not because of the crowd for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead, climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today I must stay at your house. I'm going to your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained saying, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. We all know who he is. Why did he pick him? Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, look, look, Lord, I give half of my goods to feed the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. If someone can demonstrate, or I know that false accusation, I took money, then I'm gonna return to them four times what they had. So he's given half away to the poor, and then whatever the other half has, it could cost him whatever, he doesn't care. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. When salvation comes to a house, more than just getting a ticket to heaven happens. You get saved from yourself, from your possessiveness even. I think we're completely screwed up. I'm in this thing too. I got lots of problems. You know, I don't want to go through my house and say, okay, Lord, it's all yours. Because my wife could kill me. <laughs> I would encourage you doing this as a family. Don't, as a man, well, sweetie, we don't have to move as many things anymore because we gave it to the poor. <laughs> and she says, and the couch you were sleeping on is gone. <laughs> so now where are you going to sleep? I'm not saying you're supposed to give everything away. You know what I'm encouraging you to do? One thing. Just get you one thing. Something. You say, well, can I pick something I really don't want anyway? <laughs> if that's what the Holy Spirit touches. So you're not asking for money for the church? Nope. Don't want your money. I'm trying to get you connected. If we can just start getting it, just stop and think a minute and go, you know, it does say just like poor people, right? Yeah, I just like poor people. I better go find me some poor people. Yeah, why don't I know any poor people? And what is a poor person? And then you go, okay, now we got to secretly sell it. Then we not got to, now we get to secretly give it. Now this is another test. Now you got to figure out how do I send it to them without them ever knowing where it came from and teach my children that this is how it's done. We don't want any plaques. We don't want any recognition. We don't want any stained glass windows. We just want the joy of giving. And so you put a little cash maybe in an envelope and you send it to a brother in Peoria and you say, look, just do what I'm asking you to do. Would you remail this envelope back down to Dallas to this address? And a little family somewhere with Jack, with nothing. They've sold everything they have to try to get food and clothing. And a little envelope is opened and there's some money and all it says is, God bless you. And they got nobody to thank but him. And now you're alive. You're not gonna outgive God 
and you're not going to keep your stuff. Thank you for listening to Richard Ellis Talks. This program has always been about not only providing daily encouragement, but also daily challenge to help us grow in our faith, to continue being shaped into the person God desires us to be as His hands, feet, and voice to our hurting world. You know, not only is that the mission of the Richard Ellis Talks program, it's also the great commission of Pastor Richard himself to clearly share the simple message of the gospel in a way that leads people to Jesus, to reach everyone together. So these 25 talks of Christmas this month is a creative way for you to reach a friend with some encouraging teaching. We've made it real easy for you to do just that from the website richardellistalks.com. You'll see the Christmas Talks Advent Calendar, where every holiday-themed talk can be listened to, downloaded, or shared right from each day's door. The website is richardellistalks.com. So before we part ways for today, I'll remind you that you can automatically receive a direct text on your phone each and every morning that will link you to the most recent Christmas talk on the website Advent Calendar. Simply text the word Richard to our toll-free phone number, 855-6-RICHARD. That's the word Richard to 855-6-RICHARD. All this month, it's some Christmas words of hope, insight, and encouragement during the holiday season, when perhaps we need to hear the message of Emmanuel above the rest of the seasonal noise. So to automatically receive the daily link, text RICHARD to 855-6-RICHARD you'll have these 25 talks of Christmas whenever and wherever you're ready to listen. So until we get together for the next Christmas talk, thank you for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.